Welcome to the Kansas Reflector. I'm reporter Tim Carpenter. This is the 51st anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court's landmark decision in Roe v. Wade that guaranteed Americans the right to abortion nationwide. Of course, the president was vanquished by the Supreme Court's conservative wing in, in 2022, essentially allowing states to set their own boundaries on abortion. 21 states responded by bolstering abortion restrictions, including 14 that banned the procedure. In Kansas, the demise of Roe v. Wade invigorated voters to reject a proposed amendment to the Kansas Constitution that would make it easier for the Republican-led legislature to increase restrictions. In other words, the Kansas Supreme Court's view that a person's right to bodily autonomy is a foundational constitutional principle, and that remains in effect. And the legislature is forbidden from banning abortion here. With us to delve into the politics of abortion is U.S. Representative Sharice Davids, a Democrat serving the 3rd District of Johnson and Wyandotte Counties, along with a handful of rural counties to the south. Welcome. Hi, it's good to uh, good to join you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. I appreciate it. Well, Representative Davids, your 22 elect re-election campaign emphasized abortion rights. And I was wondering if you could just kind of, uh, for the listeners, just generally share your your philosophy about this health care issue as it relates mm-hmm. to your job in Congress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad we're getting a chance to talk about this because, like you said, the uh, certainly in 2022, it was uh, not just um, a, a big part of the uh you know, the political atmosphere, but also in terms of real life impacts that people were feeling, you know, I, when I came into, well, actually when I was running for Congress, this was uh, a topic that was probably brought up a little less often, but was certainly something people wanted to know about, uh, you know, where am I at on the issue of, of choice. And I've always been very clear that I'm a, I'm a pro-choice, uh, you know, at that time candidate now member of Congress. And for me, that is a lot about just making sure that when it comes to issues of, uh, reproductive health care, abortion included, uh, that people have the, like full access to the complete range of of reproductive health care services. And when we when we think about that this day and age, a lot of times what that means is making sure that uh, politicians and um, and the politics of it all are not are not the ways that decisions get made about something that is very personal and a decision uh, around your reproductive health care should be made between a person and their doctor. You know, a woman should not uh, be at the whim of any type of politics when it comes to uh, making a, a, a health care decision. And uh, at the end of the day, that's probably uh, the most foundational piece of how I think about this is, you know, politicians and and politics should not be should not be determining any kind of reproductive health care decisions for uh, a woman that should be between her and her doctor and and her family. Okay. In Washington, you voted against two bills on abortion on January 18th that, that passed the U.S. House by narrow margins. And so let's get into those. Mm-hmm. The first one, I'm going to kind of generally summarize the both yeah. of these. But in the first one, there was a measure that would require colleges and universities, as I understand it, to provide information to female students about their right to carry a pregnancy to term, but there would be no mandate that information about contraception or other elements of reproductive health care would be shared with the students. It passed like 
2012 to 207, I think. So why did you vote no? Well, I, you know, I, again, am uh, not... Uh, I'm not I'm not going to support measures that would have uh, politicians uh, interfering with uh, with these types of health care decisions. And, you know, that bill is is one that really, I would say, uh, hides a, a set of dishonest policies, you know, saying that you're trying to distribute or inform students about their existing rights, but then restricting the ability to, uh, to, to share information about uh, the full range of reproductive health care options. And, um, and also to restrict the ability to give information about contraception is, I mean, that, that's a, a very key example of how, uh, you know, politicians are deciding or trying to make healthcare decisions for other people. And um, yeah, I, I just couldn't in good conscience support, support that type of legislation. You, you made a point there. And if I'm understanding correctly, there, it's more nuanced than I said. So it, one part of it is would be to require higher education institutions to distribute information, but would it also prohibit those same institutions from also sharing another perspective on reproduction? Yeah, okay. yeah. Would the the inability to share information with a student who is um, in the middle of of not just their their learning journey, but also uh, trying to make very important healthcare decisions, restricting the range of information that they're able to get access to is, um, you know, it just cuts against that uh, fundamental right of being able to make your own healthcare decisions with your, with your doctor or healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. I should point out here that Kansas has three other members of the U.S. House, Republicans, Ron Estes, Jake LaTurner, and Tracy Mann, each voted to apply this edict to colleges and universities in the country. The other bill involved pregnancy resource centers, which exist to essentially oppose abortion, but don't provide reproductive health services to women. I think the Biden administration people raised some concern recently that federal funding meant to help low-income individuals with food, rent, or child care services was being allocated mm-hmm. to these centers, uh, basically to encourage women to go ahead and give birth. This bill passed 2014 20, to 208, and uh, it would prevent, uh, the language is interesting, quote-unquote, a federal agency from discriminating against these resource centers. You voted no on this. Uh, why? Well, again, you know, when we think about restricting access to reproductive health care, having a bill that would not only divert funds meant for uh, food and rent and child care, that that in and of itself is is a a piece that I would on its own be opposed to. But also, you know, these facilities uh, are purposely deceiving folks who are seeking reproductive health care. In in many instances, we have seen that uh, that they are not sharing 
information about the full range, again, the full range of reproductive health care services that are available. Um, not only are they not available at those centers, but they also are not even sharing that they that they could get access to health care, reproductive health care, including abortions at, in other facilities. And it's, again, a, hiding behind a dishonest policy uh, is uh, it, it's just it's not something that I can support in legislation, especially if it's going to interfere with a woman's health care decisions and um, and, uh, you know, her ability to actually get the health care, reproductive health care that she needs. Again, it's worth mentioning that representatives Tracy Mann of the 1st District, Jake Letourneau of the 2nd, and Ron Esses of the 4th District in Kansas voted for the use of federal funding under the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program to support these uh, pregnancy uh, centers. Representative Davids, I'm curious, have you introduced legislation regarding birth control or abortion services legislation yourself? So there have been uh, there have been times where I've introduced uh, amendments that would help ensure that programs that provide access to uh, to contraception. Um, I provided amendments to uh, larger bills to ensure that that's the case. And then I've uh, certainly worked with uh, some of my colleagues who are uh who who are on the committees of jurisdiction and that sort of thing? Um, I've I've co-sponsored legislation, including the Women's Health uh, Protection Act, that would ensure that we're that we're not uh, that we're not restricting access to that we're not restricting access to reproductive health care for people. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about. Uh, some of the uh, commentary written and otherwise by U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, mm -hmm. he questioned whether contraception, I think, should be allowed and constitutional. What would, that's that goes beyond abortion. <laughs> you know, what do you think of that? Um, I I think the the quickest answer is to say I, I I'm very concerned to have. A Supreme Court justice calling uh, calling into question uh, people's right to access contraception is, I mean, it's it's very concerning. It uh, you know when Dobbs was uh, when Dobbs overturned Roe v. Wade, a lot of people were scared, of course, about their ability to access. Uh, access reproductive health care, including abortion, but also because of uh, because of some of the words of uh, of Justice Thomas calling into question contraception, which is um, a major part of a lot of people's uh, reproductive health care, uh, a major part of people's family planning. It is. It's one of the reasons that people were so scared when the Dobbs decision came out. Mm -hmm. And then we're you, seeing, oh, go ahead. No, I interrupted you. Go ahead. And I think we're, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing attempts to undermine 
people's ability to get access to uh, mifepristone, you know, and I know that that is not, that's not the same thing as uh, contraception by any means, but I think that uh, when you hear a Supreme Court justice calling into question the right to access contraception uh, in an opinion where they're trying to restrict a person's right to choose uh, and right to access the full range of reproductive health care, it's it all of this together just gives a lot of people both, you know, patients. And the healthcare providers, a lot of fear and anxiety. I think you signed on to a brief, didn't you, about with some other members of Congress regarding um, allowance of, of these drugs to remain on the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, there was, uh, I want to say it was about 240 members. It might... The number might be uh, a little more, a little less, but we signed on to uh, a, an amicus brief to the Supreme Court because mifepristone is a is has been proven a safe and effective medication. It's been used by millions of people, uh, uh, millions of women, and it's been on the market. And it's one of those. This is one of those instances where we see the we see the impacts of of the Dobbs decision playing out in a way that just really has the like there's a there's a real chance that people are are going to have a, a major impact on their on their healthcare decisions because of these decisions because of the Supreme Court's uh Dobbs decision. Mm-hmm. A little closer to home here recently a group of they are avowed right-wing Republican conservatives in the Kansas oh. House introduced oh. a bill that would nearly ban abortion in the state. It would, I, I'm not an attorney, of course, but I would presume it would be viewed as unconstitutional in Kansas. It's not an outright ban, but the measure would prohibit abortion except in circumstances when a pregnant woman or a girl's life was in immediate jeopardy. Sort of a message bill, you imagine? Mm. Yeah, I am. You know, I would say that seeing seeing the actions and these uh whether they're bill proposals or legislative platforms from the Kansas Republican Party is i mean to me it seems very misguided you know if you, even if you just base solely on the August 2022 uh ballot amendment, uh, constitutional amendment that was on the ballot, you saw people from all over the state, from both parties. Uh, it was a broad coalition of people that that spoke pretty clearly about these extreme attempts to restrict reproductive health care. And, you know, this is these are ex- these are clear examples of what are, I would say, you know, partisan uh, or extreme uh, policies that are are they're not good for our state and certainly, you know, restrict would be restricting folks' freedoms and it's 
yeah, I, I would call it a misguided attempt to, uh, to, to restrict, to restrict our freedoms. You know, there's two more quick questions here and I'll let you go. I know you got things to do, but there's this, I want you to comment on this idea of establishing in law that anybody could file a lawsuit against a healthcare provider or somebody who provided an abortion. I mean, the fear factor of that is pretty intense. Yeah, I would, again, I would call that is an, that's an extreme, that's an extreme position to take and an extreme uh, policy, you know, when, when we're talking about people being able to access reproductive health care uh, and the pushback that we're seeing from some of these some of these pieces of legislation that are very extreme, it's uh, to crim- to talk about criminalizing people seeking health care, to talk about criminalizing doctors who are providing what they deem to be medically necessary health care. Uh, when we're talking about decisions that should be between a doctor and, uh, and their patient, you know, a woman and her family, it's, I, I'm just going to use the word misguided again. It does seem, uh, it does seem like there's, uh, an element of, you know, the, the fear factor that you mentioned is very real and, uh, We've seen the impacts, you know, here in the um, Kansas City metro area, because we're right on the state line, there were doctors and people providing care uh, at hospitals on the Missouri side of the state line who were uh, who were very concerned about their ability to actually uh, provide the care that their patients needed because of the the Missouri laws that took effect as soon as Dobbs came out. And, you know, doctors should not be worrying about criminal prosecution, getting sued, um, and and calling their lawyers when they're when they're talking to their patients about what is the best course of action. Uh, what is the, you know, when you're making those decisions, uh, I think most people want their doctor thinking about what most people want their doctor to be thinking about what is healthiest for them and their family. And and not wondering what certain words in the statute book mean. I want to close out uh, just a quick look back at the Kansas vote on the constitutional amendment regarding abortion. It failed by 60, 40 margin. And I don't think it, it, received a majority vote uh, for it in any of the four congressional districts. But what do you make of politicians in Kansas and elsewhere that refuse to accept the will of the people on this issue? I honestly don't know what to make of it. You know, I all I know is that when I'm talking to folks who are are worried that their kids or grandkids or future generations are going to be growing up with, uh, with fewer rights than they grew up with. Uh, when people are talking about their worry, being worried about extremism and, uh, and 
you know, protecting their, their right to choose. Uh, I just, I just know that the, the most effective thing I can do is, is be clear about my wanting to protect those rights. And that, you know, if it comes to taking votes or, uh, or, you know, voting for or against something that's going to continue, you know, if something is going to erode, uh, a person's right, then I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to vote no on that. And if we're talking about making sure that politicians are not interfering with, uh, reproductive health care decisions, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for that. I don't want politicians and politics to be the deciding factor in those things. Excellent. Uh, I want to thank U.S. Representative Sharice Davids, a Democrat, um, serving in, uh, representing Kansas and Washington for your time today and your, uh, your willingness to share your insights into this important issue. Thank you much. Yeah, thank you.